guys and welcome back to another episode of the strategy podcast i am excited today because i have with me uh, a guest for uh, today's episode sudarshan chaudhary sudarshan is the chief of staff to the founders at lipspace and uh, for those of you who don't know about lipspace lipspace is one of the upcoming startups in a space which i find very attractive because uh, you know back in the day on youtube i used to spend a lot of time sudarshan looking after interior designs Uh, I was trying to figure out a way how okay. I need to change my room a bit. I was I was absolutely bored by the way it was structured, and I would spend time watching mm. videos on YouTube for inspiration. And at that point in time, the okay. idea also came to my mind that I can do something. I wanted to do something like that, but that never happened. But what did happen is lift space, okay. happened, which is great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first, uh, you know, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, lift space? you know what what you guys are up to and why did you decide to hmm. go go you know join this company what drove you to make that decision sure sure so yeah rohit so i think uh, just to give you some background on how and where and how we started so around 2015 is when uh, you know our ceo anuj shrivastav who's a ex google so he was there out uh, in, in the bay area right and trying to figure out uh, what's the next disruption that's going to happen right and that is when you know he was looking at a lot of stuff and mm. he figured that okay there's something unique as a problem existing in the entire space from whether it's a us australia kind of a structure company mm. uh, country where you have all the developed uh, you know horizon and then if you look at the mina region or apac and all of that even there this problem is not solved right so uh, and typically you were seeing traction and obviously he was in google so he could you know make it out a little more that uh, things were trying to you know move into more into an internet domain mm. so that is when he felt that you know uh, this entire experience of creating a virtual look online is something that is very exciting for people right and that is how it started initially it was not about operations it was more about uh, creating virtual looks online and uh, you know m- making it easier for uh, people to kind of uh, you know mix and match and lot of things and bring their own creativity because this entire stuff of interior design is very you know unique and creative in its own uh, view right so yeah. that is how it kind of started in 2015 in his mind and that is uh, what we kind of did in the first 6 uh, 7 months then as we are uh, specific because one of our co-founders ramakant sharma who's uh, you know sudarshan uh, uh, sudarshan so why did you just hold that thought for a minute let me just switch my internet connection because uh, uh, he's, the video uh, is lo- lagging so just give me a second um Sure. Yeah. Just give me a sec. Hmm. Yeah. So let's start. Let's start. Uh, you were talking about uh, about about the story when they came back from the US. He saw that problem, and he wanted to do something. And you were talking about the investor, right? Yeah. Mr. Ramakant. 
Yeah, so uh, so Ramakant is one of our co-founders, right? Oh. He's the CEO uh, at LiveSpace. So uh, what typically was happening is he was, uh, you know, looking at something in the same uh, domain, like a furniture, uh, online furniture kind of a thing, because that time, you know, pepper fry and all of those are getting created. And yeah. all there was a lot of buzz around that. Mm. So that is how these two guys kind of, uh, you know, because they both are IIT Kanpur. Hmm. from a background perspective so they would kind of you know tickled on each other with the idea of the entire virtual creation of home space and renovations and that is how uh, you know it matured and we said ki okay let let's start off in india since we have a very strong hold in india and then we'll like to expand so if you look at it uh, we've almost uh, you know done uh, more than 40000 homes till now in india right and last year we opened up in singapore and we're trying to do uh, more of apac now going into mm-hmm. obviously covid happened so there's yeah. some stall happening but yeah probably now as things are becoming better probably uh, you know next year 2021 we're going to go deeper in uh, apac and then certain more geographies to cover so yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting because we've seen we've seen a uh, huge i mean i'll tell you uh, the daily traffic that we have roughly is more than more than a lakh visits right so people are just uh, visiting online surfing online because some people even draw inspirations like uh, you know a uh, lot of because we have our blog and magazine also online which you can free uh, surf and pick up ideas if you want uh, you know what color combinations you want or what is in what is trending you know if you want to do a small renovation by yourself and pick up ideas so so we have all of that also so, so you know just help me understand is this also a marketplace mm-hmm. like other designers who want to who who are the who are on the yeah. creative side of their work and they want to create a professional yeah. business over the lift space platform i can register myself mm-hmm. as a designer and then i can offer those services to your clients yeah yeah so so we have a facility where we have both in house studios and we allow uh, design partners or studio partners to also come and uh, attach to our platform Mm-hmm. and when they come and attach to our platform uh, for a fixed commission structure uh, they can access all our tools all our supply chain uh, all our catalogs and they can then mix and match and serve the customers and awesome. uh, if they want they can get their own customers or if they want they can uh, you know buy leads from us as well so it's up to them you know so let's jump straight into action you have uh, come into the firm at a time mm-hmm. when uh, 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 they are looking to Every go year. big they're looking to go big and yeah. go go broad good um, yeah right um, it's been what yeah. almost almost two years that you've spent with them and you yeah it's been one of those roles those journeys where you've graduated from a role in business planning and financial strategy into a, a larger strategic role so talk about that one year that transition talk about the before mm-hmm. where you were working as a business planning uh, uh, in that team uh, the the contributions that you were making and what made you to initially you know finally make this shift from that very specific functional role to a broader role in the organization yeah i mean uh, this january i'll be completing 3 years right and uh, when i started off uh, you know we were just a series c company where you know we were looking on to get more and more uh broader in terms of geographies mm. in terms of offerings in terms mm. of you know uh, a, a lot more stuff happening around uh, right so 
I mean, when I joined, you know, uh, the larger role that I had to play at that point of time was uh, I was heading the business finance and business planning function where the entire uh, work for the first year and a half was largely around making sure we have uh, coherent business plans, uh, helping the CEO and CEOs uh, with funding rounds, you know, uh, getting help or assistance around due diligences, right? So, so that was around the larger part of the first year where I was leading uh, along with the uh, CEO and CEO for the funding round, getting 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 shit sorted on the investor side of the world, right? So that is that is how I joined in and started, and then uh, it moved into more operational role where you know, uh, they saw and figured out that considering the uh, cross-functional experience I was drawing in from my previous organizations, uh, you know, I kind of moved into a more operational strategy role where I was moving into doing day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, business planning, overlooking the operations, assisting uh, the CEO with, you know, running the uh, business structure in India and all of that. And, uh, Largely so, I think uh, my transition into a chief of staff role was fairly, uh, fairly non-trivial. I mean, it, it just happened as we were discussing one day uh, with my founder in terms of, you know, uh, what's next and how do we look at it. And it was very, you know, I was already doing all of that, right? So, right. I mean, so it, it kind of worked that way out hmm. to a it, chief of staff role. So you talk about drawing from your previous cross-functional experiences. So why didn't you take me through yeah. your journey? What happened? What were you doing before LiveSpace? Yeah. So, so before LiveSpace, largely, uh, you know, uh, from the entire industry standpoint, I was, uh, you know, I started off with ENY as a consultant and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to uh, Ola, that is mm -hmm. where I got into a lot of cross-functional uh, expertise. Mm. And that was largely because when I entered Ola, it was the year of 2015. Uh, and, you know, uh, all the massive things with Ola and Flipkart were happening, right? Tiger Global was investing, SoftBank was investing. These guys were becoming big, right? Mm. And right, around then, of, uh, right around then, they had that $500 million funding round. It was, I think, in somewhere yeah, in 2016, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. When SoftBank invested five hundred million dollars in firm, wow! <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So that, you were at the heart the, of uh, you were at the heart of, of that uh, project, huh? When that was happening at the firm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it it, it happened a, a couple a few months later. I joined, but yeah. So that is that is when the entire team was picking up. So what happened, uh, Rohit, uh, was that you know I was like maybe lucky to be at that place at that point of time, mm. I got a lot of cross-function exposure because there was not a lot of, uh, you know, because they were growing like crazy, right? They were not growing like 2x every month. They were growing like 5x every month, right? So not everything was planned, structured. And obviously, you know, when you hit that kind of a scale, you need a lot of people to kind of optimize and bring in that. Mm. So uh, there was a special uh, team of uh, business finance and strategy uh, and I was working in that and largely our work was to make sure, you know, uh, all the, all the cross-functional operational parameters are being delivered. All the numbers mm -hmm. are being monitored, all the metrics are being met and, you know, adequate amount of meetings and CEO attentions are being derived to uh, all the aspects that are required on a day-to-day -day basis. So that kind of, you know, helped me get into a varied amount of cross-function. When I say varied, I was like talking to HR one day, I was like talking to the marketing guys for 
discounting promotions and all of that then one day i was talking to the operations people because you know the operation metrics were all over the place and obviously i was i was talking to the uh, you know ceo's office uh, on a day to day basis because i was working on a lot of uh, new initiatives at that point of time which was being directly taken care by his office at that point of time so it, it was like uh, i think that experience of a year where i you know technically it's been it was a year experience but the amount of knowledge i get, uh, gathered there was almost close to like 3 4 years that's that's how personally feel that's crazy you haven't really spent a lot of uh, time there but it's just because the velocity mm. at which the firm operates um, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. got the opportunity it's, to it's do crazy. a lot more right yeah yeah i mean and you know uh, once you once you get a taste once you mm. get a taste of working in an environment like that you can never go back to that comfortable corporate plus job oh you know ey mein jo hota hai ey mein ab nahi kaam kar sakte exactly ab nahi kaam kar sakte so i actually smelled blood honestly when i when i went to ola because uh, that is uh, when i was just starting to hear all this buzz about the startup world you know 14 15 mein to flipkart and all that bang, big bang was happening and everybody right. was trying to get to know ki what is this startup in india and all of that so that is when i figured out because i knew some people in flipkart some of my uh, friends were there in flipkart and when i understood from them i was like okay you should you know try and get into this high growth companies and see how it goes and uh, my time at ola that is when i spent but i was like okay this is crazy because you can see impact you can see velocity whether you are clocking 20 hours or 18 hours a day doesn't matter because largely you are in it because you are really so passionate about it Mm. and then there is a lot of uh, you know togetherness happening right when you look at a big mnc there's a lot of like you know my team your team all of that but when there's you look at a lot of politics internal high... politics there's a lot of yeah uh, yeah impediments to you yeah. doing your best work right yeah so so here it was more about let's get it done it mm. was always about let's get it done that's that's the and that is why you know you spoke to a lot of cross function people also right so that kind of added uh, a lot of thought process that i had and obviously i was always uh, a little inclined towards business planning because i'd done a some bit of business planning uh, for my family business itself right so i oh. i'd run my family business for a year and a half uh, when i was almost 17 years old in in back in calcutta Wow. So I was running my dad's business for almost a year and a half when he was not well. So, uh, so from that point of time, I got a little bit of uh, taste of you know in terms of business planning, how to run it. Uh, yeah, thoda sa wo operational strategy because when you're running it on day-to-day business, it kind of you know affects you yeah. uh, or gives you that uh, feeling of yeah, you own it and you run it. So that is how I've always work like to work also. that you know i i kind of work like i own it and then it helps so it's vice versa obviously you have to be good at it also mm. so that is how you know uh, the business planning and the uh, stuff happened earlier days and then cross functional experience at ola was massive mm. so so uh, that is that and post that uh, mm. i had a stint with uh, another series a startup called noodle.ai where we were trying to do a lot of uh, ai stuff around uh, smart pricing so for mm-hmm. example let's say if you look at uh, or if you go to let's say make my trip and you see thousands of uh, you know air airplane uh, 
cheap prices showing up right so we were building uh, software engines where you know all these let's say make my trip can maximize their revenue and uh, all of that so that was one use case second use case was preventive maintenance around the steel industry so mm-hmm. we had some plans at that point of time of uh, around supply chain and revenue and all of that mm-hmm. and how we want to build around it mm-hmm. so and again that was again series a bang on i was there almost like just from the corporation i knew uh, some of the people and that is how I actually you know you got the opportunity about it and yeah and again i saw like you know zero to like 1000x scale in that small period of two two and a half years there and mm-hmm. it was like crazy so again uh, so while i was uh, you know technically on the finance side of the world but uh, you know when you are a small company and you are like 50 60 people you technically end up doing a lot lot more stuff than just uh, uh, your core domain right so right. and again this this was across uh, us and india so mm-hmm. the added exposure of you know how to manage virtually also mm-hmm. so honestly this lockdown has not changed anything for me <laughs> because i had some previous experience of managing people online and mm-hmm. your job online so mm-hmm. so that that kind of you know these three years uh, roughly kind of set me up very very uh, well from my personal perspective on building a cross functional reputation in terms of you know linking things around from operations to uh, finance to marketing to hr to people ops to legal anything so kind of th- you know think end to end and that is how actually in this space when that was very evident and obviously one and yeah. one and a half years when i spent so closely with the ceo yeah. uh, they were very clear that you know it makes sense so even today uh, uh, the business planning piece is still with me yeah. uh, it's a, it's a small team of uh, me the founders and uh, one or two people but uh, the entire planning bit is still with me but largely i am right now working more on uh, uh, anything and everything that the you know founders office requires to be done in terms of any goals and all of that so that's how it is so yeah i'll be in a next question before i come to your early life i want to ask you about a set of uh, mm. skill sets and things that i need to have to crack a role like a chief of staff right so if you're looking for somebody yeah, so, uh, as your uh, chief of staff mm-hmm. hmm? what mm-hmm. is it what kind of person would okay. you look at in a world now which i believe is truly moving away from uh, technical education right because now i can learn how to mm-hmm. do financial modeling by doing a course from udemy and i can practice on yeah, like 40000 yeah. <laughs> publicly listed companies i can download their data and i can make models and do all the things that i can because everything is publicly yeah, yeah. available right yeah so yeah. in that world i have the technical skill sets i can evaluate a person on that then there is a whole different set yeah, of skills yeah. the emotional labor that he needs to bring to work bringing it all mm-hmm. together you know help me help a youngster mm-hmm. trying to break into this role kind of guide him through the process yeah so so first thing that people really need to understand about a chief of staff role is uh, it is a high visibility high impact role but is also a high risk role right so uh, be very clear in terms of what are your strengths when you're trying to get into and i don't mean just technical strengths because if you look at this chief of staff domain across the startup world you will find people who are just mbas you will find people who are only iitians you will find few people like me who are only chartered accountants you will find people who are cna mba so 
technically you will find a variety of people existing there right and in few startups i know where people are just bbas also so so technical skills are a part but uh, if you are looking to get into a chief of staff role or if you know i have to if i want to hire something i think there are three critical things that comes up to my mind mm. one is negotiation skills right which sadly is not technical and it's very very operational and uh, i really think that uh, you need certain amount of negotiation skills being developed so that because a chief of staff role is both external facing and internal facing right and on a day to day basis you do n number of amount of negotiations whether it is uh, an investor whether it is your own team whether it is some other functional or whether it may be as good as you know a legal lawyer you can do anything wherever your founder feels you are required right so uh, first is uh, of course the negotiation skills without negotiation skills i don't think you can be actually very successful and sadly to get that you need to be in operations or you need to be in operational strategy for at least some amount of time because that is something that comes with projects and uh, you know some amount of time second thing is being able to connect the entire business right mm. that is very important while you know you can do a lot of business planning courses and you know uh, business valuation courses uh, outside but what really is required is if you can connect how the business is really run right that starts from is developing this, a website is this about uh, the idea of collaboration with other people in the business yeah it, it it is about collaboration but uh, rohit the the thing is that collaboration only works when people see that you know your stuff right mm. because in a role like this right if you let's say go to a, a marketing guy and you're trying to put your point forward and he tries and gets that your perspective is very feeble and it's it's not something backed by a lot of uh, business knowledge then uh, after some point of time you're not going to add value right mm. so so what i'm trying to say is you do uh, have a thorough to, your ability to kind of go yeah, yeah. deep dig deep is very important Ex- right yes yes so people should treat chief of staff role as what i call as a ceo light or a ceo light role right this is your crash course to leadership bro there's no other definition to this right so if you want to get into that kind of a zone then it is really really important that you know everything like i'll tell you uh when i had come to uh, live space i was not very hands on on digital marketing but i made sure that in the first 6 months i am hands on right i know almost all the stuff of how i need to communicate it what i need to communicate what are the metrics everything so that i can make sense and you know i can also add value because you are only important in a startup or you can only grow as much in a startup the amount of value you can add because Absolutely. it's a high growth function right Right. so so that was my second point that you know you need to have a very good cross functional understanding of stuff you may not be an expert you you need not be a let's say hr expert right but you need to understand how you can do okr planning basically uh, you need to know how stuff people. works you need to know how stuff works mm. right honestly you need not be an expert there like, but you need to be a jack yeah. of all trades you need to be a jack of all trades there's no bargain on that matlab i am telling you it's as good as a ceo so if you look at a ceo can he just go away and say ki yaar i don't understand finance it doesn't work like that right, right. so he he needs to know all 
So in one of the projects here, I was required to do OKR planning for the entire org. Right wow. now, when I'm talking about entire entire org, that's, that's totally you're getting functions. into the whole different domain. You get into the people domain now. Exactly. Setting up those yeah yeah those key results right exactly objectives and key results. Yeah, yeah. So, so so for people who exactly. don't know about OKR, uh, so uh, I think it was uh, started initially by Google. Uh, and uh, they had implemented yeah. it first in their organization, and that's how it became really popular because yeah. Yeah. they saw a huge upside for yeah. implementing something like this. Yes, yes, yes. That's how it started. I uh, there's one uh, investor and mentor of Larry who suggested him that you should do it, and Larry founded a lot of value, and that is how he right. started it. Right. And now, obviously, you can find a number of uh, firms th that are kind of doing this across. Yeah. So, yeah. So okay. that is how it is right now. Right. But yeah, so uh, what so I was trying to come from to is you need to have to, that, to being that a jack of all trade. What's the third thing? Yeah, yeah. The third thing is you need to know how to deal with people. When I say how to deal with people, you need to be very sure and clear about what are the motivations of each and every individual that you're speaking to. Considering it's a cross-functional role, you may be knowing a lot of on the technical side of the stuff. You may be a very good uh, person on business acumen side, but if you are not able to motivate people and you know make them a believer that what you are saying uh, kind of connects to them, not only on a business perspective but also on a personal value perspective, that is when you know the real real deal happens. Because working as a chief of staff is day in day out working with people of mm -hmm. your own organizations and when i'm talking about people these are people ranging from directors to vice presidents right so i'm talking about people who know their Senior stuff leaders. who are yeah yeah these are people who are minimum 8 to 10 years 12 years of experience in a startup world so mncs though you can get it but mm. in, even in a startup world these are people who have 10 12 years of experience and coming from you know a lot of other bigger uh, companies and all of that mm. stuff so you really need to uh, make sure that there is an element where the, the the right amount of personal motivation being provided right mm. so that needs to be made 100% aligned if if that doesn't work then maybe your role uh, as a as a chief of staff might just crack down because after a point of time people see you as a proxy to see you right Mm. So, so the CEO, if you look at it, also develops their next level of leadership, right? And that next level of leadership development is not just about in that, you know, you need to achieve this much business or you need to do this much or your salary. No, no, it's, it's a comprehensive thing where, uh, you know, you need to make sure that he also grows and becomes something. So you need to constantly do uh, their uh, career planning or planning, all of that stuff comes across, right? So, so that is third thing is you need to understand the people and their motivations very fast that you know what does this person really look at to or what are his personal interests or what is his line of motivation right because uh, if somebody who's more uh, into let's say a growth mindset setup and if i ask him to do uh, a job which is more on a mundane he'll not like it right mm. so 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 there are different people to do different jobs and at times at startup right when you are running across you end up giving a lot of stuff to a lot of people, but I think that is very important that you really understand what are personal motivations for people and align that accordingly. 
and if is an all changes required to get them to success and you believe in that person then also create that path for them i think i i i agree there um employee experience yeah. you know i'm doing a study these states called employee experience the global top mm-hmm. 10 and i've analyzed ah, okay. 10 companies companies like notion companies like slack uh square and what i've seen mm-hmm. is and I, i've also seen i've also included in this report uh, companies like sap and jnj okay across the base mm-hmm. from a young early stage startup like notion which is going big to a company mm-hmm. like uh, slack or airbnb or then all the way to an sap you know they the way they are, they are trying to you know just do this making people uh, creating them that holistic experience for them so they bring their best selves to work has become the cornerstone mm-hmm. of their success and in fact a study by ibm which i came across um a, a 1% a 1 or a 0.25 uh, you know absolute point increase in the employee experience index leads to a 6 uh, leads to a 2% increase in my return on assets oh that's okay. that's crazy that's right that's crazy yeah yeah that's and, that's super crazy actually yeah and we don't and unfortunately i see you know companies like eva i've been a part of eva so i can kind of speak first hand with, with my own experience my trouble with that firm uh, is it's an amazing place to mm. work with i loved i learned everything that i have about finance working on you know i was part of the transactions advisory space and so i know about the ola deal because i was like somewhat passively involved there um, and i've done <laughs> a lot of work yeah. work on on the sidelines as well there and i realized mm-hmm. despite mm-hmm. the great experience that i'm learning my entire mm-hmm. experience as an employee in the organization was pathetic because i was made to work against my wishes in ways that i didn't feel inspired right it could be just mm. the overall culture of the organization the tools that they are giving me the physical yeah. space in any given way unless i make an active change to keep my people first it never works so that's a great point sudarshan yeah. thanks for sharing it, that it, it, yeah okay i want to now move uh, to your uh, you know your own personal life a little bit uh, tell me about your growing up is um, all of us have mm-hmm. a dream that we want to do something jaise main chota tha to mera ek hi dream tha ki sachin tendulkar banna hai mereko that demo happened you know then you then life happens and other things you other things become your priority so did you also go through a phase like that or was it always yeah. clear ki nahi ca karna hai uske baad startups mein jana hai or did things happen accidentally or was it by design uh no i i don't think i think where i am today is largely uh, a combination of events and accidents honestly uh so i mean i, I belong to a small town in haryana you there's no even name to that town it's as small as that <laughs> and i was brought up in uh, which place Calcutta. is that uh, it's near rohtak oh. it's 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 a small so it's it's a very small place uh, so yeah and i and i was like brought up in calcutta and mm. did my schooling in birla then went to zeyers and all of that while well, all of mm. that was happening mm. i was always of the opinion that uh, because i was kind of you know i had a lot of bengali friends in mm. calcutta because that's the majority of the population there and they right. are very active. they are like very strong in academics right mm-hmm. so, uh, bengalis are like also very to study also and, very creative 
Yeah, yeah. So you will either find them in art or you will find them in science. <laughs> or crazy yeah, for football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they are hell, hell bent on football. <laughs> they go crazy, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think uh, my lot of friends at that point of time were, were Bengalis and they were largely into academics and science and engineers. Uh, you know, thought process was around that. And that is how even I started. Like in our school, you need to choose a, a domain of you know, commerce or a science domain mm. once you clear class eight and all of that. And initially I'd taken up science and I did reasonably well, honestly. In my 10th boards, I clocked some 88 or 89%, uh, to be honest. And I was doing good. And I had bright prospects in terms of a uh, few subjects and you know, mm. teachers were really interested. But uh, that is when uh, my introduction to business happened. Like, mm. uh, you know, uh, this I is when you started uh, working on your uh, family business. Yeah, even before when I legitly was trying to work, my dad started getting involved into, mm. you know, uh, whenever you have time, come to office, see how things happen. This is real life, mm. you know, uh, so all of that. And that is when uh, uh, dad asked me, why don't you take up commerce and, you know, you become a businessman mm. or do something like that. So uske pehle I was like, I'll become a scientist or an engineer, mm. you know, something like that. Uh, you know, so I was thinking all of that IIT and all of that was going on in my mind mm. previous to that. But yeah, that is when uh, I said, Ki, okay, let's give it a shot. And because I, I really actually liked getting into the, uh, you know, small nuances of business mm. of uh, the entire business development angle of the business kind of really spooked me. I was like, Ki, ye, how did you convince somebody so easily? You know, because that is a real art of deal making. So that art of deal making is something intrigued me too much mm. at that uh, time when I was in class 10, 11. And I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. And that is when I midway in my class 11, uh, my dad went and you switched. I, yeah, he got me to switch. Mm. And uh, when I switched to commerce, it was hell because... Uh, I was not good at uh, accounting. I had no clue of business studies. I was like pretty bad, mm. right? So 11 was pretty bad for me as a, as a student. And then I really picked up well in class 12. I started understanding things and uh, it became more logical for me going forward. And then, mm. yeah, uh, 12 went pretty good. Uh, I scored almost a 95 percentile. And then I moved to Xavier's typical mm. thing of a commerce student. And there also I was confused. I was thinking, should I do CFA? Because uh, that is more around financial planning. Does that help me? Or yeah. should I just do an MBA and get into business? Yeah. Or I just, you know, chuck everything and do all of that. Mm. But uh, there were some of dad's friends who suggested that, you know, he should do a CA and then, you mm. know, he can figure out if he wants to add on something on later. Mm. And uh, if you if he wants, he can do an MBA post a CA also. So that is how things were looking up. So accidentally, I said, Ki, okay, karke dekhte hain. and then there were rumors that, you know, uh, it's very difficult to get it done uh, and all of that. And I was like, okay, let's try and figure out because passing ratio was really bad in CA, right? Hmm. And somebody who's, uh, you know, my interest was still in my mind, back of the mind, going around yeah. chemistry, and I was like, yeah, ye deal kaise hogi? <laughs> how do I how do I crack this stuff? Mm. And uh, by 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 God's grace, I think I did good enough to clear uh, in first attempt all of that. 
and uh, at the same time i was doing my internship in eva itself uh from the second year onwards and before before that i think when i just was between starting of my ca uh, articleship and class 12 i i did that one one and a half years of my dad's business mm. and there i was almost uh, running everything i was looking at a production plant i was handling debtors and creditors i was doing mm. bd i was collecting wow. cash i was doing everything i literally running that for one one and a half years right and that is the first time i was like uh, you know uh, getting to a feel of ki you know how important is money for people because this to that it was all about ki you know dad se paise lene hote hai pocket money pe chalta hai life and then suddenly when you feel that you know money in business is so important and yeah. you know, people can get after you for wrong or right reasons because mm. at the end of the day money is all that matters and how things work right and business negotiations that is that is one crash course that really happened for me um, mm. at that point of time that that 15 18 months yeah. uh, where I, where i learned a lot honestly yeah. that is where i understood ki how do you practically go and understand the business what are the key components of it and that practical experience kind of gave me that leverage and uh, yeah post that uh, uh, as i said i went into my articleship zone did my stuff at eni and i was like yeah. okay Uh, should i go back to business should i continue here because hindsight has always like ki are uh, you know that that flavor of doing business you know that kind of kind of got to me and i was always like ki nahi yaar this this is too too theoretical this is too driven by what a client needs because that's how consulting life is right right so and this is too method driven ye nahi kar sakte aap woh nahi kar sakte matlab you cannot think out of the box it, it is super mundane and if you and you are being criticized if you think outside the box that's yeah. the problem there <laughs> because there because at big firms you know they have a proper structure and that that's how it scales right right so obviously then is when i some of my friends i heard Uh, getting into flipkart and the mm. startup buzz and all of that and so and the startup said, world happened let's you. let's try <laughs> let's see how it goes for me mm. if it really helps out good then then yeah boom <laughs> that just happened to me and i was lucky enough to land it to yeah. pull at the right point of time that kind of leveraged everything else mm. so and now then, what's what's yeah. next you know what's next like now you now we've uh, seen that corporate life with build uh, yeah, some yeah. strong experiences and we've got that under our belt working in the startup ecosystem of some of some of the fastest growing companies mm. in india right uh, <laughs> yeah. so what's what's next for the chief of staff what's next for you yeah i think uh, right now uh, my plan is to uh, you know get into more understanding around the apac as a region honestly and trying to understand Do you not the, want to turn into an entrepreneur I am a cause entrepreneur already. That's that's how I feel, <laughs> because the amount of impact and the kind of people I am dealing and the kind of uh, experience that I uh, drive around people uh, day in day out, it's almost like entrepreneur. To be honest, because mm. I don't, I am attending meetings at two o'clock at night mm. to uh, even uh, getting up at five o'clock and attending. So wow. I have, it, it, yeah, already it's been that one. kind of a journey. Already are one. Yeah, so it's because also because you know, it's, it's actually true. It's actually true because it's a mindset. Uh, people think yeah. they have to start a company and then things will happen. No, you can be as invested 
in the yeah. idea and take this forward as your own because that's how ownership happens that's how change happens yeah that's how change happens and honestly uh, what i have seen is or maybe i'm lucky uh, our ceo here anuj you know i speak to him almost like every 5 hours or almost every day and our relationship is almost like you know a mentor mentee and we are like very hands on in terms of any discussions that's happening right so it's not moved beyond uh, just a normal scope of work it's more beyond uh, this is an idea why this is important so i have i have convinced myself also over the period of time that how this entire interior design and the uh, virtual idea of you know developing interior designs has become so important around the world and we've done a lot of studies honestly mm. and i've convinced myself that this is an idea that is going to be big in the next 4 5 years across and and we have seen uh, whether it's australia whether it's us it's saudi arabia wherever there are you know you you can look at it in india ikea is coming to india but people would have never thought that they would do right and and the thing is that people are developing in apac region and moving mm-hmm. to more uh, adoption of western world things and mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean it's been almost like a cause entrepreneur myself so uh, right now i think i'm trying to uh, stabilize uh, india business looking at more geographical expansion some of the notes and mm-hmm. figure out the next momentum of path and you know also some other line of business uh, stream of business within this domain what we can do in more holistic around that yeah but uh, said uh, given all of that i think uh, after some point of time i really wish to kind of get into uh, uh, an incubation structure uh, whether within live space outside however it's going to work but yeah i really want to help people you know spawn new business ideas and try and you know uh, help them incubate and mm-hmm. get to a larger that's amazing uh, addition to the world that's great yeah mm, you know as a um, before i go into the last section i just want to take your view on a big deal that happened in the industry uh, which is urban mm-hmm. ladders ladders sale to land street aid now that yeah. deal made investors 20 cents on the dollar <laughs> right yeah yeah uh, big buzz we have a company like pepper fry which i think started round about the same time as urban ladder did or i yeah, think yeah. urban ladder came first and uh, yeah. they've been doing pretty awesome right what went wrong with uh, uh, with these guys what do you think in your assessment could they have done better to kind of sustain because they have amazing stores you know i've visited so many urban ladder stores uh, there was one close to uh, my house in jp nagar where i used to stay in bangalore okay and Mm-hmm. the experience was great but what do you think uh, lacked that caused this to happen yeah see urban ladder i'll tell you is a very peculiar situation where you know they were doing really great and after one point of time things Please went from south right and nanmarji got yeah, and yeah so i think what really didn't work out from for them is they were not sure which model to go to right mm. while they were having a lot of physical footprints around right but uh, their uh, version of online stuff was not great so what you need to really understand is uh, for any uh, furniture uh, you know selling company uh, the margins are not as great as it looks firstly if you are doing trading and you are not doing manufacturing on your own 
So that's the first thing. If you're doing manufacturing, then the margin numbers are good enough, right? These are tops of 60% if you're doing manufacturing. But if you're not doing manufacturing, you're doing pure trading, right? You're just uh, buying somebody's design and wooden stuff and just putting it on your uh, website. No, or just to be clear, that's like the gross margin are, number, right? Yeah, 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 gross margin number. Mm. So the gross margin number for trading is pretty low. It, it's as bleak as, mm. uh, you know, close to 15-20%. Exactly. So then with such thin margins, if you're trying to expand crazily, like how they were doing with physical on, you know, if you're doing physical stores, that's a lot of capital. That's a lot of cash. Right. Right. Apart from, yeah. yeah. So, so it, 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 uh, breaks that apart. Second thing that happened with Urban Ladder, I think uh, what I understood from them is, uh, you know, there's only that much amount of uh, return policy or breakage policy you can apply to any furniture. See what happens is when a furniture gets delivered to your home, right? Uh, it's pretty, I'm pre I'll, let me tell you uh, an example that if you, let's say, buy a new Hyundai car, right? The showroom price is 10 lakhs. The moment you drive it on the road, like even for two minutes, the price comes down to seven and a half lakhs. Twenty-five percent right? off it's, it's, the top. Yeah, yeah. 20, 20 to twenty-five percent just goes off the top. With furniture, also it's the same thing. If you're seeing a twenty thousand piece of furniture and it comes to your home, right, and for some reason you don't like it and it needs to go back, the value is gone fifty percent. Plus, right. there's a chances that in the logistics is going to break. There's going to be some scratch, some wear and tear. Something might happen, and you know. You might just need to then either you know discard it or make it a seconds and it's not a fresh piece and all of that stuff happens. So all of that is a combination is what I think uh, that really got to them. And obviously, uh, see, paper fry is surviving, right? So it's not that it's not a doable business. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, if you are getting into an operations heavy business, which Urban Ladder got into you need to kind of create a very different operation structure to survive that. Mm. If you're not uh, on top of your operations, uh, it's not going to work out. It's really not. No, I want to and add in a... India, you know, go on, go on, go on. Go ahead, go ahead. I want to add a human side to this problem, which is uh, mm. sometimes the founder also gets a bit delusional. And I am saying this with full respect. It's a yeah. very human thing to happen because you Definitely. stakes are high for you. Uh, people are watching, you're being judged on what you're yeah. doing. And we are such a judgmental society. Unfortunately, we are so cruel on our on, on everybody, including ourselves. We don't cut people slack. Yeah. So given that kind of a scenario, I think uh, I read a couple of articles uh, of the founder and he is um, always, always very optimistic. I think that's important. You need to be, but uh, to be uh, transparent of the situation, like, yeah. to, you know, as you said, you need to be thorough to see things the way they are, because only then can you do something to change it. I think that yeah. was also kind of lacking there. Exactly. So how do you, you know, when this situation happens, when you do, let's say you, you do a project at Lift Space and it fails, right? It fails. Projects might fail. How do you make mm -hmm. sure you're fail safe uh, in that the organization does not, you know, go away with that one failure? And, and two, how do you make measured, uh, you know, because without failing, you can't really grow. You have to fail. That's how new ideas have always come about. The first set of team 
who created yeah. the smartphone they sold in totality 3000 phones because they were 10 years earlier into the game they could not do it but the company which came after 10 years you know and they came up with their crappy iphone which was not the best product but that was the way the entire game happened for them right being at the right space at the right time that matters yeah. a lot if you can share an experience there yeah so uh, rohit i mean we have kind of put it on the plate that failure is actually a part of any high growth thing that you're trying to create it's never going to be perfect right and we have done a lot of projects uh, that have worked for us and not worked for us even on a day to day basis uh, to be honest let's say if you're doing uh, 10000 projects going on right now all across india Uh, it's not that all hundred percent of the projects come out as the same thought process that we had when we started the project, whether it's the designer or whether it's the customer, right? So things uh, in a very uh, smaller perspective of even a home that we're trying to design, uh, the planning of that design to the final execution sometimes it doesn't uh, come out exactly how you thought of it, right? Uh, so I mean that is also a small point of uh, failure of not being able to deliver exactly what you thought of and it can be over a thousand reasons right uh, customer likes a certain kind of shades and designs so he wants a change in midway designer said no it will not work and then after execution it feels okay this color combination is not that great uh, my room does not have a lot of sunlight so this is dark and all of that things are so i mean failures are going to be there but what really inspires that at, at lip space is uh, something that uh, you know uh, we kind of every week we do a, a leadership review where we kind of you know discuss what didn't work for us how we can correct it and constantly trying to outperform from what we were doing let's say a week back right not even like Six months back, just a week back, continuously trying to improve that because what really needs to understand for, uh, for us is, uh, you know, till now, ninety percent of the homes that are being renovated are being done by unorganized players. These are not done by organized players. There are only, you know, eight to ten of the market mm. is coming to whether it's us or any other uh, organized person. so failure is eminent because the comparison points or the pain points that have been in this industry right has been huge right so for example like uh, we introduced a operations project manager on the site uh, sometime uh, some years back when you know customers complained that you know uh, i am a office going person my wife also works we don't have time to overlook what's happening at a new house how do i make sure that there is supervision around it and you know i don't come across later on that something is wrong and now i can't correct it so we introduced a layer of you know uh, supervisors and project managers who are there on the site who make sure that the execution is happening as per the what client has asked for and you know uh, right now we have an app on which we put things they can see there then there are whatsapp group on which you know status and images keep keeps on getting shared and then if customer feels that okay this is not what i wanted or i want some change so those are done real time because uh, all these things once you know they are constructed or they are done it's difficult to undo 
and redo and all of that it takes a lot of time and money yeah. so and I, I like also, interior design doesn't come cheap also it's I an think, expensive affair exactly also i think it's a very nuanced business you have to build a relationship with a with your customer which means you have to totally empathize with his way of living after all the design is going to make him feel good make yeah. him change the way once he is back from work and he's sitting in that space he, his experience should elevate right so i can understand how much time yeah. you will have to spend time spend to really empathize with your customer and then create the an experience which is even beyond his imagination you know going uh, full throttle above and beyond which is exactly what you're trying to say right that's amazing man yeah yeah that's so, so exciting so it's so interior design yeah if you look at interior design right it's it's all about uh, uh, look and feel and aesthetics it's all about the feeling it's, it's all, all about, it's all about that, the right? feeling and emotion that i get with this when yeah. i enter the space exactly because see if you look at the primary need of a person is is shelter right shelter can be a, a house with four walls and some mm. utilities right yeah. but so in india you can see that also if you, if you go to bombay you will see a lot of shelters like that right yeah. but you also see some uh, beautiful villa so it's 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 all to do with aesthetics feelings vibes mm. ambience so you got to be every time you know yeah. be with your customer and and in in india honestly this is a trend that's catching up and lot of our time also goes on educating the customers yeah. because right now That's customers uh, you know in india honestly yeah they're not very sure whether you know what works well you know they don't know ki kids room mein exactly kya hona chahiye but people are not used to it right Nein. in india typically uh, uh, interior design was either when you're buying home or somebody is getting married at house that is the only point of time you're doing or every 3 years or 4 years you're doing a wall paint before diwali that's how it used to work right but the entire thought of how to make your home beautiful uh, kind of is really evolved now and if you look at parallel industries also of home decor like uh, home center or all of these they have all spawned up in the last 5 6 years and become yeah. big in the last big. decade they've gone big yeah yeah when when we were when we were you know small children these things were not around right uh, they did not so, exist yeah so these is these are all uh, something that's grown super size in last 5 to 10 years right true, that's how it's so india is still in that phase where a lot of time goes in educating customers and you know spending time on planning also with them you know what works what does not work because at the end of the day to stay in house uh, with some amount of ease it's an art and also an science so i mean if you go to our website you will see how we have dis- uh, you know described the kitchen triangle also as a yeah. science yeah so how you space your kitchen is actually a science so that with minimum effort you are able to access all your key points within the kitchen so it is artistic yes. at the same time there is a science how to build your room and all of that so, so i yeah. can actually capture the core essence of flip space in three words form function and aesthetic i think that kind of captures what yeah. what what i as a customer can get out of it yeah definitely so, definitely i think i think that's very well put i think i i, I want to go into the fourth section now and ask you a couple of quick sure. questions and uh, mm-hmm. you know one word answers if possible so one <laughs> is who's your favorite uh, you know technology business leader in the world uh i i am a diehard jobs fan 
Steve Jobs. Whether whether he's yeah. there, he's not there. Uh, he's there in my in my head always, always. So. <laughs> that's like that's somebody from marketing. You didn't choose somebody from uh, finance, huh? <laughs> no, no, has, I am. I am finance heroes. I am. <laughs> no, no, I am a big marketing fan. I'm telling you, from my days of doing uh, sales, BD, and marketing for my <laughs> dad's business to till date. If I am seeing an ad, I am super engrossed in understanding what mm. are they trying to say and all of that. Mm. So that is something that kind of uh, mm. gets to me. Okay. So uh, the second question is: Cred, Pyjus, and Paytm. Which company do you think is going to be going to really make it big from India? uh i think it's going to be i feel it's going to be byju's honestly mm. uh maybe uh, i have used their uh, software sometimes but while they can still do better but what i really feel is uh, they are at the right spot at the right time uh, ptm business model i'm not very sure uh, mm. of how it can you know make revolutionary uh, attributes going forward Uh, what ptm has helped is getting hooked people to uh, digital money but that was more from demonetization also and now jio has kind of got those access to tier 2 and tier 3 cities uh, cred honestly uh, i'm a big fan of kunal but uh, i think uh, they need to add more utility for uh, people beyond the metros to kind of get hooked to cred because right now cred is more a uh, Uh, more a bangalore bombay uh, crowd uh, what i think I, i don't think it's really right now has a proposition beyond that mm. uh, considering how india is there mm. okay so i think byju's is something that connects across interesting so my third question is what is that one single biggest mistake that you see early stage founders making a lot think that something that they can totally avoid but they still do it uh i think uh, a lot i am not very sure how, how many of them have done it but what i really believe is they should really go with their gut a uh, lot of time what happens is when you take in vc capital early uh, you know in your time and you get into justification of valuations and how you need to make money and you know make sure uh, you know the things are coming back for a vc and they are able to make a lot of money and all of that so i think uh, the founder has started a business because of some beliefs that he has and somehow somewhere in his gut he knows that so he should he should whether he is going right or wrong i don't think there is anything right or wrong in any business model any which way it's it's that you need to figure it out that's the real deal of business so i think uh, they should just go with their gut and just say to the vcs yaar i am in it to do something that was well and beyond just taking money from you but yeah if it if it works out you're going to make a lot of money if yeah. you know if that was love the it. case love amazon the, would never exist yeah actually i love the insight that you just shared i think you need to hold your ground and be very clear of why you started yeah because that's that's what will keep you pushing because you know starting a venture is never easy yes right and uh, when when things go down let's say for uh, when we spoke about urban ladder where were the uh, vcs yeah yeah last year I mean, they, last, last year they invested two, so much money two two yeah. of their very senior vcs they stepped down from their board uh, and uh, that happened 
and then the CEO was saying, yeah, oh, everything is fine. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that is something people have to do because of various reasons. Uh, but uh, honestly... I, think, no, uh, I, I mean, don't think there is any good reason the, to do something like that. I think you need to be very clear. You need to be as a CEO. I feel you're, you're in a much better footing if you're conversing in a way that makes people feel for what you're doing. For instance, just look at how uh, 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 Brian Chesky, the founder of Airbnb, he had to now Airbnb, take, right? take off 25% of his, um, of, of, his, of his employee base. And the letter that he has written and the support that he is giving them, you know, he's allowing them, all of them, all the 25% people to keep the laptops that the company has provided them because you need a laptop to find a job, to do your work. They are giving them, yeah. they've, they've created a, an, an alumni directory right? Of all the people who have ever worked for Airbnb or who are helping them find jobs. So even, you know, mm -hmm. building that relationship with somebody which goes even beyond the, the four walls of your workspace really creates value today. Yeah, th that is the true value. See, I've always believed in uh, one thing that I really learned uh, from, uh, you know, my founders here is uh, everybody uh, in your business, don't just think whether the client is important or you know your vendors are important everybody who's attached to your business whether it's an employee it's a vendor it's a client it's an investor everybody is ultimately hooked on to yeah. that business because of the proposition of the business True. so i i really believe that is the main thing and and the founder knows it yeah he started it yeah. he knows why he started he has the real vision and the uh, butterflies in his stomach to get to absolutely the and uh, absolutely that is how it should be so on that note uh, i would like to you know, close this interview and thank you so much sudarshan for being a part of this your insights would be a tremendous value addition for a lot of people looking to break in and also a lot of your colleagues who are trying to figure out you know yeah. better and more uh, creative ways of doing that job because a lot of people think numbers is boring, but I know I know numbers are exciting mm -hmm. if you can find a great story to uh, communicate those numbers. And I think Lipspace has a great story and all the best to you guys. Thank you, Rohit. Thank you for having me. And I mean, it was a pleasure talking to you and uh, sharing whatever I, <laughs> I could actually do. And yeah, hopefully people will find it interesting. Thank you.